Cancer is one of the most researched medical ailments worldwide where money is spent on dealing with the symptoms of cancer rather than the possible causes. Hi, my name is Yvette Rose, author and founder of Metaphysical Anatomy, which is a book of 679 medical ailments and also the hidden emotional messages behind them that we all share universally. And today, I will be talking about how your emotions combined with your environment can trigger potentially cancer. And this is part one of two. Let's start with what is obvious and also well known. And that is even the, the CDC, the Center of Disease Control, states that 85% of disease is caused by emotions. And up to 90% of doctors' visits in the U.S. may well be triggered by stress-related illness. Now, this is not just a hypothetical assumption. And apart from those statistics, you can't ignore how your emotional stress greatly contributes to physical body health. You know that already. And just a simple example here. If you are highly stressed, you've noticed that you become vulnerable, perhaps, say, to the flu. That is because your immune system is stressed and tired. It's not performing at its highest peak. And it can also be overcome, for example, by pathogens invading your body or dormant pathogens that have been there. However, they were suppressed by immune system and now finally triggered because the immune system is not strong enough to suppress them anymore. So they finally have a chance to grow and to spread and freely move around in the body. Now cancer is almost the same. We all have cancer cells and our body's immune system just keeps them at bay. So this example with pathogens that I just mentioned, the same concept applies for cancer. Now, see inflammation as gasoline and also fire as the cancer. So when you have inflammation challenges in your body, your body is already more vulnerable to developing, for example, cancer. And also, of course, combine an increased insulin, which is also caused by sugar. So here now you are looking already, one of many, but you are already looking at a volatile recipe for cancer combined with strong emotions. Even something as simple as having an injury in your body or trauma that caused inflammation. I mean, even due to an ailment here, guys, or anywhere in that case in your body because of, say, a medical problem, medication, or even an injury, for example, to your lymph nodes or other parts of your body, for example, that could have been injured or triggered, and in that case, creating inflammation. Now, this can, for example, set off what's called inflammatory ancotaxis, which is also a condition that's called, that describes now here where the cancer travels to inflamed areas of your body as a result of trauma. So toxins in your diet as well and emotional stress plays also a very big role combined with that. Now, of course, the cancer here, for example, does not necessarily flare up immediately. However, over time, the silent growing journey of cancer can start and it can escalate from there. And your emotions can play a very big factoring role 
in how fast the cancer can spread and even whether it becomes aggressive and out of control. Now, this can also be one of many causing factors, including viruses, bacteria, and fluids, and also food that has been contaminated perhaps with chemicals and hormones. Let me explain a little bit more, because science is only now slowly but surely starting to open up to how our emotions and beliefs can play a role in our health. Now, I'm very sure that you have noticed that when you experience certain types of strong emotions, it can drain your body from a, to a really great extent. And you can even feel certain parts of your body starting to flare up. Say, for example, in the form of pain, in the form of tension, physical discomfort somewhere in your body. And the reason for that is that our emotions are also held and stored in the body. And, and also these emotional storages can start to build up over time. Now, how does that work? Let's say when you feel a negative emotion. Now, in most cases, negative thoughts coming, that's coming up. And you think of a negative thought. Your neural pathways fire off electromagnetic fields. And these fields circulate in your body's field. Remember that electromagnetic fields have the capacity to program matter. And your body is made of matter. It's exactly the same when you walk into a room and you can feel the energy in the room feels either sad or depressed. And what you're feeling is the person's state of mind that spent a lot of time in that room or perhaps amount of people that used to come in there normally feeling really upset, feeling really sad. Now, it's also the same as, for example, when you give an object of a loved one, let's say, that passed away. Say so you give it to a medium because you want a reading. And then they tap into the memories of that person. And their memories are actually held and stored in the object, which is also matter. So here now, you are energizing strong negative thoughts and emotions. And they are now circulating through your electromagnetic field into matter, which is the body. Right? It's your physical body. Now, in my research, I have come to learn that strong emotions have a very strong tendency to gravitate to weakened areas in the body, where you, for example, could have experienced a trauma or inflammation buildup, aggravating this area and amplifying the inflammation because the, because the inflammation here is, can be amplified because of emotional stress. And this can actually cause, perhaps say in that area, if the combination is correct, cancer cells can also grow faster and the growth is supported by your conscious or subconscious negative emotions and thoughts. So these negative emotions and thoughts are now locked into your mind and your body because your atomic nervous system never fully healed or released stress that was caused by either the physical trauma or the emotional trauma or incidents from your past that, that led to these negative emotions and thoughts. So now you might say, well, you know, I'm not traumatized. You know, I had a great life. Well, guys, you know, sorry, but we're actually all traumatized to a certain extent. Because even low-level stress over a long period of time can become traumatic to the physical body. Because you are not Superman. You're not Superwoman. You have your limitations. And also a limited amount of energy, mental and dietary and health resources that can actually become depleted to a point where it can start to be a shock 
on your system, when your body doesn't have access to what it needs in order to combat psychological or physical stress, which then can turn into psychological trauma that you can also now be faced with. Emotional trauma and stress can also pull certain resources and influence hormonal cycles in the body. And this, for example, is when a person can start to feel more vulnerable to developing ovarian cancer, breast cancer, prostate cancer as examples. It's not always the case. However, they serve as a very good example of this. Now, if a person's emotions were balanced and their body was not, say, stuck in a fight-or-flight state because of, say, past physical or psychological abuse or trauma, then there's nothing other than a diet, for example, that can influence these factors. And studies have shown that cancer could actually also be genetic. And I'm like, you know, why is cancer then increasing? Shouldn't it just stay within the DNA lineages that have a strong predisposition for it? Yes, we are growing as a population, but if you look at the context of the statistics in terms of how we're growing and how cancer is spiraling, there's a slight misalignment. So why are people getting sick who have no record of cancer, or even at least three generations back, there's no record? Now, just note here, I say three generations because of you. if you are familiar with my teachings and research, then you will know that when I talk a lot about unresolved ailments resurfacing every third generation to be completed. Now, there's, history, there's research behind that. But let's move on to what I want to say here first. So if we really had to put, for example, a genetic spin on this, then okay. Then at least the one that can, that, at least that I can then accept in this case, would be emotional predispositions meaning specific emotional leading factors that can lead to biological changes in your body self-functioning, along with, say, inflammation, environmental toxicity, and radiation. Now that I can digest. I mean, it can be genetic, of course. I mean, sure, cancer, for example, was genetic when the number of cases should stay the same, more or less, over time. However, it is the opposite. My point here is that cancer is increasing because our environment, our food and our mind is becoming more toxic. And cancer can also be a result of a virus, bacteria, fungus, for example. And if that, for example, interests you, then you should perhaps check out Thomas Seyfried. Cancer is a metabolic disease. So sit tight, guys, because it's about to get interesting. Now, research also shows that 25% of newly diagnosed breast cancer patients, that is almost one in four women, they also had post-traumatic stress disorder prior to developing cancer. So, side note, if, for example, if that is you, then I would highly recommend that you also watch my video about post-traumatic stress disorder because this proves my theory of emotional trauma and stress contributing to cancer even more because that means that this cannot just be in women men can also develop post-traumatic stress disorder and god you know even children can now be born with post-traumatic stress disorder which is a fact with the stamp on it right it was believed that post-traumatic stress disorder could only develop later in a person's life how even as far back as in my research i've observed Children even being born with this condition and with strong symptoms of that. And voila, now we have science that's caught up. So I want to get back to the emotional trauma factor here as well, because this is really super important and why I say this. Let me break this down. 
Emotional trauma and physical trauma can leave a person's body temporarily or permanently in a fight-or-flight state, depending on the person's capacity to overcome the trauma. Now, what is trauma, for example? Which is, for example, in my work, what metaphysical anatomy is all about. This is a state of a fight-or-flight response that never really fully reset in a person's body, in a person's autonomic nervous system and hormonal stress cycles are still continuing to release low-level stress because the body perceives a threat to still be there. Now, this is normally as a result of the unconscious mind. And when trauma normally takes place, it's when a person feels completely unsafe, out of control, and completely unresourceful to heal or to deal with a traumatic event so that they can move back to their natural state that they were in before the trauma took place. Meaning, the after effects of the trauma continues to negatively influence their quality of life. Now you can imagine that this state of always being in a high alert state, it takes energy, right? It takes energy and it requires resources from the physical body. Now, which can become out of balance and it become depleted because the body now can only have, only have so many resources depending on how well you also look after it, including your state of mind. And also, this can cause the immune system to become depleted as well. And as a result, depleting the body's main protection center, which is responsible for protecting a person from ailments and viruses and parasites and bacteria and fungus and inflammation. So you see, in order for the body to be vulnerable to viruses and parasites and all these pathogens, the immune system needs to be vulnerable. And what depletes the immune system? It's trauma. As I already said, trauma can be a result of long-term low-level stress that starts to build up in the body and in the mind. And the mind then over time starts to program itself with negative thoughts and stress as a result of past unresolved stress. So just also a side note here, you know, this is just your rational mind now trying to make sense of how you feel and your body is as a result also trying to cope and to process your emotions. However, it turns into negative destructive thoughts because there's no plausible solution found for something that happened in the past. So then the physical body reaches its coping threshold in its capacity to manage and to deal with the stress. So you see how this cycle can take a mental and physical toll on you if this cycle starts to loop without a successful reset. So here, when you are now in a state of distress, the amygdala, also what I would call the panic button, overreacts to stimuli in your environment. And this can trigger old stress responses that, for example, happens when your RAS, which is the reticular activating system in the brain, this now takes what you focus on and it creates a filter for that. So if you focus on possible threats or challenges or danger, then that is what you will start to focus on more because your RAS will then be set to filter more of that into your mind. Let's say just example, right? Example you have noticed now, right? When you are in pain, then that is basically all that you see in your life reinforcing the feelings of pain within you. But if you're happy, life looks suddenly really great, right? Suddenly you start to see and you feel and you have the sense of awareness of positive things around you. Now, in the case of emotional or physical trauma, 
the fight or flight system is always on alert, which means that the RAS is now set on always looking out for threats or for danger. And the reason why is that you have a locked-in trauma in your body, which means that there are traumatic or stressful moments in your past that caused you so much distress that the body was too overwhelmed to deal with the stress. And this stress has now become locked into your body's cellular memory as well. And that is what I would call the emotional body. And the body is always subconsciously expecting now a verbal or physical threat or at any given moment, depending on what the subconscious threat is about. And when your RAS filters something in from your environment that would match how you feel consciously or subconsciously, then the stress response is triggered. So now you end up always having a hyper-vigilant state of mind and physical reaction, whether you are aware of it or not. Sounds familiar? Sounds like anxiety. So just for example here, your RAS is set on only feeding in information from your environment that could pose as a threat. And for example, everything else that could perhaps be positive is filtered out. Because your RAS is not set on that. So now here your panic button, the amygdala, then also sends the stress signals to your hypothalamus, which is the control center of the body. And it activates the autonomic nervous system. And now there you have the fight or flight state triggered. Now here also keep in mind that when you experience stress, your stress hormonal cycle is also triggered as well releasing cortisol in the body. And these stress cycles can take at least 20 minutes to calm down and to switch off again. Now, in most cases, if you are already hypervigilant or sensitive to stress in your environment because of built-up stress over time or due to a traumatic event, then chances are that this stress cycle never really fully resets, which leaves the body in a state of what I would call silent stress. And this depletes the physical body and also its resources to the point where the body now starts to pull resources and energy from other parts of the body and organs, weakening their functioning, causing even more secondary symptoms and ailments. So they say that post-traumatic stress disorder can be caused by war trauma, sexual abuse, physical abuse, natural disasters, and basically anything in my opinion that left you feeling completely unsafe, combined with feeling unprotected and having had zero access to resources within yourself or outside of you to help you to effectively overcome the traumatic event, which if you did, that is when you would have become more resilient to that type of trauma. However, in this case now, let's say a person didn't. However, I have also seen cancer in people, for example, who experience severe emotional or physical trauma who did not suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder. Now, ultimately, what I'm seeing from this is that post-traumatic stress disorder has different stages, you know, just as depression and anxiety. Not everyone who suffers from these conditions always have, like, full-blown symptoms. And I mention all this just to not exclude it, as I'm a strong believer in this. So, you see... Either way, this leads also back to your gut. It leads back to a very challenged immune system, emotional and physical trauma, as well as metabolic poisoning. 
through for perhaps your environment and your mind and your past life emotional and physical experiences. So guys, there's so much more that I can say about this and also there will be all courses on my premium site which will be at eventrosepremium.com and that is a wrap for part one of two and catch you in the next part where I will dive deeper into psychological stress contributing to cancer because this topic is so vast as you know that I'll see you in the second part and until then keep being the light that you are hi guys thank you for joining me and remember to grab your copy of metaphysical anatomy on Amazon 679 medical element and I also wrote about the psychosomatic root causes of that and I'm spoiling it because I even added key points for you to start looking at important questions that you can ask yourself to start improving your quality of life and also remember to catch me on Instagram Yvette Rose one with the digit one and metaphysical anatomy on our Facebook fan page bye guys